Welcome to the first episode of season two of the data-based podcast hosted by the Insight Consortium at the Indiana University School of Education. I'm Dr. Molly Stewart. I'm the director of Insight. And I'm Rosh Thanaude. I'm the director of cloud engineering at Education Analytics. So we work with school districts on interoperability and data quality using the EdFi data standard. And through this work, we've come to realize that there are at least three different languages being spoken by people working in this space. The language of databases and code, the language of teaching, learning, and educational leadership, and the language of research, including data science and statistics. This podcast aims to bridge the gaps among those three general areas, because the more we understand how each group conceptualizes data-related topics, the more progress we can make towards solutions for educators and students that fully take advantage of best practices and cutting-edge knowledge in each of these fields of work. Our guests today are three staff members of the Loudoun County Public School District in Virginia, representing both the technical and instructional roles involved in their district's EdFi implementation. We have Joanna Kaler, Supervisor of Enterprise Support and Analytics, Tara Bain, Supervisor of Data Science and Digital Solutions, and Jana Griffith, School Improvement and Accountability Specialist. Welcome Loudoun County folks. We're so glad to have you here. Thank, Thank you. you. We're happy to be here. We, uh, we being the Insight team, recently saw the Loudoun County folks at the EdFi Technical Congress, and we had a lot of great conversations. And they are a district that does their own uh, single district EdFi implementation, which is a bit unusual. At A lot of districts are smaller and need to work together or work with a managed service provider, and Loudoun County is doing it themselves. So we wanted to interview them about those experiences, and that's our plan for today. So um, first, if one of you can start by telling us about how your EdFi journey began what were your goals and your use cases? And then how did you go about actually getting started? I can take the first part of this one. I'm Joanna here. And so the supervisor of enterprise support and analytics. And about four years ago, our supervisor said, hey, there's this thing called EdFi. I want you to go to a conference, learn all about it and see, because it's an interoperability standard, which is huge for our division, see how we could use it. And I guess maybe to back up a little bit, our division, we have 83,000 students, um, roughly 8,000 teachers, and we have everything from cows to big towering buildings in cities. So uh, lots of different pieces of data and lots of different families and things like that. So for EdFi, we went to the conference and started understanding how it worked in terms of the ODS and how there were different vendors who were in the space. And what was really great was that there were so many people there at the EdFi kind of institutional level to help, help us figure it out and navigate. So after learning at the conference, came back and realized that the use case that probably would be best for us was the one where we leveraged the assessment tables that are available in EdFi to help deliver real-time assessment data from multiple assessments and vendors that our students and teachers interact with daily in one dashboard that was easy to use for the teachers so that they could, you know, get that kind of immediate feedback that they need and then and then go back to the very important job of instructing the students and supporting them in their efforts. So our use case and our goal was to deliver a 
as real time as possible assessment dashboard with the different assessments that our students take. And that varies based on grade level. Sometimes it varies based on school. So we knew we had a lot of a lot of vendors to work with and to help put together the dashboard for the teachers. We uh, we took a couple of different steps. So we got a stakeholder group together that included our leadership as well as uh, representatives like from schools and told them about EdFi and what we were hoping to do with it. And the idea of this real-time data dashboard of assessment data was what really sold them on it. So senior leadership knew the term EdFi. They understand how it's helping. It's a piece of technology that's helping us get data in real time. Um, and I think their understanding that EdFi exists uh, is really been important to our success. So I want to ask as a follow-up, you have a number of people on this call, and then we met a number of people at the Tech Congress. Uh, can you give us a sense of what the makeup of the team is and what kinds of disciplines are brought into the work that you're doing? Because I could imagine, you know, you have technical folks, you have non-technical folks. Give us a sense of who all is in the room once you have decided to implement EdFi and who keeps the thing going today. I can jump in on that. So hi, everyone. This is Kara Bain, the supervisor of our data science and digital solutions teams here at LCPS. So our project team initially, when we were really kicking off our first use case, was made up primarily of, I would say, Joanna and her team on the enterprise support and analytics team, and then my team on the data science side, and then the department of instruction and representatives from our instructional staff. And it was it was a bit of a small team as we, we really just worked through some of the technical setup questions, the, the hands-on kind of trial and error of getting some of these things connected with working with the EdFi community. And then it's, it's grown from there. And so now today's state, our project team has grown where we're including the teams that I just mentioned. And we also have representatives from our data center team and then more individuals from other departments. Like Joanna was saying, as we have promoted EdFi as a solution for LCPS, we've created some executive level summaries. There's, there's more knowledge and desire to be involved from across some other departments. And so our project team has continued to grow. And then the other addition that we made here relatively recently is just getting a technical project manager on board. So we had a, a technical project manager at the very start to help us get everything off the ground. And then we have just pulled in a technical project manager again here as we're looking to scale and automate some of our data sources coming into EdFi and just making sure that we stay on track with our vision. And that's been a really, really big help with our delivery of this solution. So piggybacking onto that in this post-pandemic world, given great resignation and lots of changes in workforce, what all are you all doing? Because you have so many different components of the team, what are you all doing to kind of harden the infrastructure so that you will continue to be able to deliver this value to the teachers, administration, and staff in your district, even if component 
members of the team decided to move on to something else within the district or left the district. One of the things that we have observed in the work that we're doing at Insight is the folks that are involved in this kind of work are usually the folks that have many things on their plate. Um, and it ends up becoming something where people get too talented for the position or get burnt out and then leave the position. Uh, and so what are you all doing as a business unit and as a FI implementation to make sure that your implementation lasts beyond the staff members that are currently working on it? That is a great question. So I think there's a couple of components to this answer. One of them is we are really working on integrating the solution into our larger picture framework. So our our, our data fabric. <laughs> and so EdFi is really becoming this integrator of sources that we use to pull data into our analytics repository from various channels in a more real-time basis. And so because we're we're truly building this into our, our pipeline of, of data that's coming into us, it's becoming something that we're planning for for the long term. And so as we're doing all of these individual pieces, we're also promoting it at the executive level and then even with our own counterparts so that there's a good understanding of what this is and what the benefit is. And I think one of the things that's really been supportive is for us to be able to get this first use case out the door so relatively quickly to show staff how we can pull in this near real-time assessment data for them that they can take immediate action on. So from, from the lens of like the landscape, that's been, I think, one of the opportunities and wins that we've been able to really just take hold of. The other thing just thinking at that level that we've been able to do as part of this work is really set up a solid data governance framework. And that's the other big driver, I think, to sustainability is because EdFi is so closely tied with governance, just in, in having these conversations with the community and having these conversations internally. Um, that's something that's continuing to help us to grow and improve in our interoperability that includes EdFi. And so that's been a big supporter as well, I think, for longevity. And then the third thing from the technical lens has been we're documenting everything. <laughs> so we've we've had a really big push this year to get all of our standard operating procedures documented, to document all of our architecture, to document our lessons learned and our challenges. And so from the standpoint of transitioning this knowledge to staff as staff may come and go, that so far has also created some big wins on our side where we're able to ramp up some new faces on this team by providing the, everything that we've gotten out of our individual heads and have gotten into a knowledge base. And then the last thing that I would add is again, at the enterprise level, because of some of the wins that we've already shared at the school level, at the executive level here at LCPS, this work is just continuing to grow. So even as some new faces may come in at more of the leadership levels, because of what we've built so far and because of the just the, the chatter that's been generating around this work, we anticipate that from executive support levels, we'll continue to see the support here as well. 
There are a bunch of follow-ups that I'd like to ask. I, I think the one interesting thing is, I think both you and Joanna have mentioned this, is, uh, and maybe hinted at this, is can you give us a sense of what life was like prior to EdFi? Like, what, what are you coming from that EdFi is leading to become, like, such a change agent for practice, governance, different things that you're doing in the, in the districts? So it makes me cringe to describe where we're coming from, but it does, it is a good a good example of how how far we have we have come. So there are maybe three or four assessments that are really crucial to teachers and school data teams to be able to review for students in order to identify where they need extra support, intervention groups, things like that. And the old way of doing it was for each teacher to log into product A, product B, and product C separately, bring up the score information on one screen, and then type that information into an Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheet for each student for each assessment. Obviously, that is a terrible use of a teacher's time. I mean, I'll just say, Joanna, I bet you the people that are listening to this are all shaking their heads like, yep, I know exactly what that's like because we have seen exactly what you described. So I wouldn't be, you it's know, so I, familiar. I like you're <laughs> describing the, Kate, the, the current state of most of public American districts is what you just described is exactly that with a handful of exceptions out there. So thank you for sharing that because I think it's important that people hear that it's not just them doing it in the way that you're describing. So keep going, sorry. No, yeah, that's fine. And I and I do agree. And, and you have to you work with the tools that you're given, right? And you make it work. And teachers can do that better than anybody else on this planet. But thank goodness we came across EdFi and determined that we had a tool and it was out there and we could use it to help them. So those were called data walls. I'm sure everybody has their own term for it, but they're data walls here in Loudoun. So that was the, the previous state. And so of course, you know, um, data entry errors, the fact that teachers were spending hours doing this or they were assigning it to somebody else in the school to do it, which still meant that was taking time away from the students or planning lessons or anything else that they could have been doing to support. So EdFi, just, just the assessment data alone is what we're truly, truly focusing on. There are so many other facets of EdFi that could, that can and will help us in the future. But this assess, assessment piece is just, it was a huge whole gap problem that we needed to solve and, and EdFi helped us solve it. Yeah, a lot from our background, one of our, one of our painful lessons learned is that our beginning of EdFi was the throw, like do everything in the kitchen sink, like do all the dishes at one time rather than piecemeal look for specific implementations. And could you speak about as a as a single district implementing EdFi, why that was so important to get that like initial, here's why EdFi works for us rather than here's all the things EdFi can do because we definitely in starting Insight had that approach of like, look at all the stuff you could be doing with EdFi. And that definitely blew up in our faces a number of times. Uh, so walk us through like how you were able to garner that kind of support by focusing on a really salient need within your district. Whenever we can connect a, a tool, a new process, whatever, directly to how it will benefit students and teachers, because most of the people that we work with don't speak data, don't speak these sort of APIs, all those sorts of things. But if we can say, 
This will mean your teachers don't have to manually type up data walls anymore. And if we can say, we can show you at the division level, the anal this analysis, that's what gets our buy-in. And that what, that's what gives people the priority level that we need on the team in order to help continue to, to, to move this forward. So when our, when our team meets and then somebody from instruction has some action items to go back and get answers on, we know that we will get answers because we know that, that those, those people in, in the department and the decision makers, they, they know what this is and they know why, they know why it's important. And they've heard the feedback from the teachers about the dashboard and want to be, be part of that continued progress, process, success, all of the above. <laughs> the, the other thing that I would add to that is that was just our reality. And I think that's another thing that we all struggle with in this world is just how much work there is and how much need there is all the time. And so to come at this work from an iterative approach, looking back, it was pretty brilliant, I think. And I came into this a, a little bit like midway into where we started. So Joanna, that was brilliant how, how y'all approached this at the beginning, because we're, we still probably don't have everything turned on fully in EdFi. We don't know everything fully in EdFi because we've been focusing on getting this use case off the ground, which has been one of the biggest needs for our, our teaching staff. And I think if we would have tried to do more, it would have been a lot harder to get the buy-in and just to have that focus, to have this quick, successful win and successful use case and have people start actually using it and talking about it because we would have been trying to, to do too much. So it sounds like maybe that's not an approach that everybody takes, but it, it really did work well for us, I think. And now we're in a place where we can just, we can come back. So, so another interesting part of our story is we did this use case, we architected it all out, we got it all turned on, and then we realized, oh man, we're not set to scale. <laughs> so then we had to go back and re-architect everything and like reinstall the ODS and kind of start some things over based on lessons learned. And now we're, we're there again and we have things automated, but now because of our path and our journey. And because we've kind of been taking things iteratively, we can loop back and just start turning on new things as we're ready for it. Can you talk about what, what metrics you use to identify that lack of scaling? Because that that's another key pain point in the implementation of advice, figuring out like where your limits are. So what what was the thing that triggered the need to do that re-architecture? And then what did you do differently in the redeploy? So that's a great question. The thing that I think triggered it was a couple of things. And one was being at last year's EdFi Tech Congress and seeing what some other people were building and getting some new ideas and learning about some of the enhancements that had been made and were coming to the data import tool. Um, for our particular use case, there's several assessment vendors that aren't yet on the EdFi standard. And so we are working on getting their data and ingesting it through the import tool. And so there had been some enhancements made to help with that process and actually automate some of the, the load and getting data from SFTPs and being able to ingest it via that tool into the ODS. And we just weren't set up for that. 
very specifically. We weren't set up to be able to connect with these vendors, to be able to pull in a file, to put it in the right place that was all secure to then be able to ingest via the import tool into the ODS. And so that got us started on revisiting what our current architecture was and what we needed to be able to do this safely and securely with the transfer of files. And then that just led to lots of other conversations of, we need to actually split this out into servers. We need to stand up some additional servers. We need to make sure that this particular piece is a secure gateway for these files. And we got our architects involved in our data center operations team. And we were actually working with the EdFi community directly as well on just drawing this out. And then from there, we we were able to build out our new architecture and get some new things stood up. The other thing that was part of that conversation was the whole multi-year ODS versus single-year ODS. And so that was the other piece of this re-architecting where we actually shifted from a multi-year to a single year during this initiative and just kind of came to the how we are using the ODS and our bigger landscape from a different direction and made some pivots there as well. I have a couple of follow-up questions for you. One of them, I was going to ask this later, but especially with what you were just saying, what what were the biggest challenges that you came across? I'm guessing going from the multi-year to the single year may have been one of them, but were there other other big challenges that you had to overcome along the way? Initially, we had, I think, start of any kind of new technology project challenges that where we had to really lean on the community and on some of the, the technical support staff on just like the installs, right? The installs and the connections um, of how everything fit together. So that was a bit of a learning curve, just getting set up and then learning the process. And again, all learning curve, figuring out how things work and figuring out how data lands and, and making sure that we were getting everything and what to do with errors. And then as we were getting things more and more off the ground, our challenges really became more operationally related. So we were seeing we could ingest this data via data import for most of our assessment use cases. But to do it in an operational way, we couldn't get there because some of these files would take 24 hours to load or the way that the vendor supplied data to us were via the CSVs that had, you know, duplicate file names or spaces. And so it's just, it's not something that databases and these automated processes like. And so it meant that we would have to do some pre-cleanup on files. And so it was it was a really big challenge to try to get some of these things off the ground in an automated way. And so since then, there's been a couple of enhancements, some of them on the data import side, some of them on some of our assessment vendors actually moving to the Edfi standard, and now we can connect via API and then some of them were just, we're still on this journey of trying to have these conversations via various channels to try to get data to us in one of these better routes than what we've seen. And that includes sending us our data in an automated way. So it's not somebody having to log in and click a button to download a file to then copy over here to then do this thing. Or it's, you know, really trying to get 
some leverage in the community and just with various stakeholders to try to get more of our vendors on the, the EDFI standard. I, I was curious when you said that you have had some of your vendors move toward the standard, um, was that part of a negotiation with you all or was it a kind of coincidence? Because um, I know that's a pain point for a lot of us. We've definitely had some pretty frank conversations with vendors. And I just kind of like how we got the buy-in for our stakeholder group and leadership group here at internally at the county, speaking with the vendors about what currently happens with their their you know in-house reports and how teachers are transport, you know, transposing the numbers themselves and what our asks are which sometimes we don't leave with, we want you to do the EDFI standard. What we lead with is we'd like you to reformat your export files so at least headers aren't duplicated or something like that. But then also move into the, our expectations are in the next couple of years that you you work on towards this EDFI standard and how it helps them as well as us and all the resources that EDFI has available to support the vendors in doing it as well. And so just really framing it as an expectation and the reason why has been helpful with some of the vendors. That's great to hear. And we might have to compare notes about which, which vendors you've gotten <laughs> on board in the last few years. I also wanted to ask, uh, I'm trying to decide which, which one to ask first. I think I'm going to start with the um, data governance question. So this has come up for us quite a few times in our implementation, EDFI is a great way of surfacing data governance issues, what we found. So I'd love to hear more, like more specifics about your experience, things that you've been able to both identify and then maybe how you, because data governance is, I mean, really ultimately an organizational process as opposed to a technical process or or combination of those two. So I'd love to hear more about your experiences with those issues and solutions if you have them. Our, our data governance practice is evolving, which I think is probably true always. And what really got us started on the governance path was we early on in this EDFI partnership, we went to a data governance bootcamp that was supported by EDFI. They they hosted it. And it really it really supplied some good training opportunities for some of our staff and provided us with a lot of good just working time to talk about what does this look like? What does this mean for LCPS? We had got a lot of really good supporting working materials to bring back to our staff here as we were looking at setting up a, a framework. And then we came back from that bootcamp and we set it up. <laughs> so as part of our EdFi implementation, we just really started putting together this framework and this documentation that we could leverage as we moved forward on this path. At the most recent technical congress, somebody made this comment that I just thought was so true, which was, you can talk about data governance all day and you can set up this data governance practice, but until you actually have something to govern, like it doesn't really matter. And so that's, 
I think in our journey, and this is, this is my opinion, but in our journey, we set up this great framework and then we were working on the EdFi ODS implementation and seeing how all of this connected and building out really our, our, our data framework and like the big picture. And now we're in a place where we're kind of looping back to it. So now that we have these things stood up, we're getting more and more operational. Now we're, we're revisiting all of our framework documentation. We now have a monthly cadence of governance meetings where we're pulling in people from all of our different departments to collaborate on these conversations. And now, now truly we're getting into the real work of governance where we're, we're splitting off into some working groups. We're talking about the big data questions. We're talking about you know our data dictionary and how we're defining things. We're talking about source of truth. We're hearing other people talk about source of truth. And so now it's all starting to come together like four years later. So it's been this evolution and this journey that I think we're still on, but we're continuing to move forward with it. Yeah, that, that sounds very familiar. It's a, a long investment, but I think it pays off. Um, yes. Pays yeah, off absolutely. over time. So my other question, I have a follow-up question on the actual dashboards implementations themselves. And I was curious about how the reception of the dashboards has gone with the teachers or how the rollout, like, you know, what are, what are some successes that you had with rollout? What are some challenges that kind of thing. Um, I am Jana Griffith, and I am a school improvement and accountability specialist for Loudoun County. Um, I work in the Department of Instruction, uh, specifically our office or our department is the Department of Research, Assessment, and School Improvement. So I support all of our 98-ish schools um, with school improvement plans, but then also with the data that they need to track um, those plans and how they are meeting their goals. Uh, so I would say because we created the dashboard in sort of like an iterative way. Um, the first time that we were getting ready to release it, we did a focus group with um, different people who we thought would be end users. So we had some teachers, some facilitators, some school leaders, and shared with them kind of what we were thinking. And we got their feedback around what they liked, what they would wish worked a little bit differently. And so we were able to make some tweaks based on that feedback before we did our first big rollout. Our first big rollout was very well received because it was the first time that data was, multiple sources of data were in one place and it did not require any manual effort from the schools to get those multiple pieces in one place. So that piece was very positive. And then that led to our most frequently received piece of feedback, which was, can you add this? <laughs> Followed by, can it update more frequently? So in our first version of release, um, we were updating the data at the end of different testing windows. So like when MAP would finish, we would load all the MAP data. Or when our state literacy screener would finish, we would load all of that data. So from there, we were able to, again, kind of iterate and make a few improvements, add a few more types of data. Um, I would say our huge, huge win this year was getting a lot of our data to up update um, several times a week. And so then we kind of did another launch where I recorded just a video of, and I called it, there's an app for that, um, our, our integrated assessment dashboard app. Um, and so I did a recording and put that out in August on our teacher countywide PD day. And even though I thought I had presented this a few thousand times already, 
when it was available on the teacher PD day, I got a lot of feedback that was like, this is great. How come I didn't know this existed? So I would say overall, the, the, feed, the reception continues to be positive. And it also highlights kind of the work that we need to do in our division on a data literacy level. Um, so because we have been able to get all of these pieces into one spot for teachers, it's flagged a few practices around um, our MTSS structures. How do we tier kids? We don't just look at one data point to determine whether a student needs additional support. Um, how do we keep track of progress? So again, it, it's been very positive. It's it's kind of exciting. I love going to schools and sharing it because everybody likes it. <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun thing to do. I think overall, we're just going to continue to tweak and improve and tweak and improve. Were the dashboards that you all are using, did you make them in-house? I'm assuming it's some kind of BI business intelligence tool. Yeah, so we did make them in-house um, and we made them in Click, Q-L-I-K. And that is our division's um, data visualization platform that we use. Uh, and I would say this is where we really leaned on a lot of uh, the EdFi community. I, any chance I could, I would ask somebody to send me a screenshot of any kind of data visualization they had. So we had gotten a picture from San Diego. We got a picture from, I'm trying to think who else, Pittsburgh, I think, shared with us, Kara. And then from there, we just put all of our ideas in one place and started playing around to see what made sense. And we had the visualizations in one format for quite a while. And then with the support of our grant, we connected with Stephanie Evergreen and used some of our grant funding. And she reviewed our dashboards and gave us back like 10 pages of feedback, which at first glance we were like, oh, but it was really powerful feedback. And she had some really good questions around who takes this assessment? What does it mean to meet benchmark? How do you want teachers and staff to interpret that data? And then she gave us some really nice guidance on how to change some of our visualizations to really support the messaging and uh, the actions that we wanted teachers to take. So that was that was another neat um, change and improvement in our constantly, you know, iterating dashboard. <laughs> Those are great examples too that Jana just outlined, just going back to one of the other questions around like examples of data governance at work, because I think that speaks to our data literacy journey, but also one of the big reasons why we shifted to EdFi for this assessment data to try to move away from these individually created data walls that were very manually intensive, but also it's moving us now towards this enterprise level. How are we interpreting and using this and defining this data all together where we're all seeing and using the same thing to be able to make these decisions? Like it seems small, but it actually was like a huge aha for us is that, um, so as part of our uh, response to intervention kind of what a, uh, map, all students are screened with either the map or our state literacy screener. And then depending on where they fall in that initial screening, we follow up with a diagnostic uh, called FastBridge. And so when we made this dashboard and we got everything all in one place and we were you know, kind of scanning down some columns, doing some quick checks, like is everything loading as we expect? It came to our attention that only half of the kids whose first universal screener would indicate that they should get a follow-up diagnostic actually got one. So th that was, I mean, on one hand, it was disappointing because we we're like, ah, but if we had not gotten all of this data in one place, we would have never known to address that as an issue. Yep, definitely. I, I cannot 
agree with that enough. <laughs> similar, similar things that we have come across. So I have a couple more questions. One is, and I'm not, I'm not sure how easily it will be to answer this question. So we can skip it if it's not like your EdFi implementation being from one district versus um, other implementations, which may be a consortium like us or working with a managed service provider. What do you think are the benefits and or drawbacks of the way that you've done it versus maybe what you've heard from other folks in the EdFi community? One of the benefits of doing it internally ourselves is that First of all, that tends to be the way that our teams work. We really have ownership over each kind of piece of the puzzle. And knowing that we were going to use our BI tool click to present the dashboard meant that we were going to have to understand the data behind the scenes, which meant we were going to have to learn the EdFi tables and structures anyway. So we may as well go ahead and, and just get that expertise on our team. It definitely took, I think there were, there were some, a fair number of learning opportunities for all of us. But the benefit is that we have enough information if we have to troubleshoot something or if we have to change a process for data entry or something like that, we understand exactly why that change has to happen. And it's not either wait for the vendor who set it up to get back to us or just do what the vendor says as a workaround because we're not truly understanding the depth of each piece of the, the process. I agree that one of the biggest pros is just being hands-on and understanding all of the pieces because I think there's been challenges with other implementations where if we got support, maybe the internal team didn't fully understand it. And so transitioning it back internally was really hard and sometimes not successful. So to be involved with our teams every step of the way really helped for us to be able to define it work through it, really, really understand it, which has set us up, I think, for success for all of the next steps. I will say one kind of drawback just from working as a, a division independently and with a state that's like, they're, they're in support of what we're doing, but they're, they're not so much in support that they're willing to help, like offer like, like tangible help is that if it's, if it's a piece of data that we own contractually, we can work with the vendor and work that out. So like our sys, we can work with the vendor and work that with iReady, with um, NWEA map. Like we have a direct way to interface with that vendor, but with our state held assessments, it's definitely just been a little bit trickier because there's a, kind of another layer of just, I guess, bureaucracy for lack of a better word, right? Like in order to have access to those vendors, you have to go through the state and kind of have to wait for the state to have the bandwidth to be able to set up those conversations. I will say that particularly in the last maybe two months, I think we've had some really nice ahas where we're seeing a little more eye to eye. I think they thought we were asking for more than we were actually asking for. Um, so once we were able to kind of get on the same page, I think I think we're definitely making some progress. But that, def that, that was a hurdle that we had. Another challenge that I would call out is just time. So it's hard to do all of this ourselves and it takes a lot of time. And having a managed service provider maybe could have helped us move a little bit more quickly and, and even just stay more connected with what's happening in the community in terms of resources that we could maybe pull and leverage on our side, because to do our 
day-to-day jobs plus stand up this new implementation plus stay connected with what's happening in the community it's just a lot so that may be a drawback where we haven't been able to leverage as much or move as quickly as maybe some others okay so the last question is just what's next for you all in your roadmap uh, both maybe technically or also in terms of curriculum and instruction what's coming next for you guys we definitely like to work with our assessment vendors to get more of them um, using the EdFi API, and that will reduce, you know, some of the some of the processing time that we're experiencing now on the on some of our files. And I think we can probably probably have some enhancements to the dashboard to again continue on that journey with our teachers and and our schools for what we're looking for to identify in students and support instruction. I think sometimes people ask us to create, like for instance, okay, now we've identified these groups that need an intervention. What interventions should we give them? Could you provide that in the dashboard, either a link to those or uh, resources or something like that? So that might be a roadmap item. We're working on audits right now as well. So we're trying to ingest more assessment vendors, trying to move towards operations, but also trying to to really look at some of the, da- the data validation things out there and audits. Um, right now we've set up for our SIS data integration, a custom audit where we're trying to determine which students have not made it over to the ODS for what reason, and then taking action there. And we're trying to see how we may apply that to some of the other things as well. So continuing to audit and just make sure that the data in our ODS is very valid and ready to be used in other ways. Yeah, and then I would just say the last piece from my perspective is because what we made was an assessment dashboard, continuing to watch the changing landscape of assessment, particularly in our in our state, Virginia adopted the Virginia Literacy Assessment, or sorry, Virginia Literacy Act. And so that's leading them to update some of our state reading assessments. So we're looking next year at phasing out our old literacy screener and bringing on the new one. So that will be a change. And then as the Literacy Act continues to to mature, we'll be looking at some possibly different things around interventions and and just different data points that will hopefully become available. Yeah, and actually a follow-up for, uh, I believe Joanna said earlier, you know, after you first roll something like this out, then the next question is, can you add this? Can you add this? Can you add this? And how did your team deal with those kinds of requests? I mean, I know that some requests just aren't feasible and some are. So how do you, especially coming from a technical like, how do you communicate about what's feasible and not? How do you continue to foster buy-in even when you have to say, no, we can't do every single thing that folks would want? Um, those are some challenges that we've come across as well. Yeah, definitely. And I would say we're still we're still trying to figure out like what is a good method for that. So one thing that I've just started this year is I made a request form and went ahead and put that on the introduction page of our app. So if people do have uh, feedback or a request for something, they can submit it. I was kind of managing that as a, as a one person show. And that is not the best way, I don't think, to govern a division-wide dashboard. So what we're going to try is reviewing the requests twice a year. I'm work, just working on some messaging and making sure that I 
say multiple times, um, we are open to requests. This is an iterative process. We change the dashboard when more data becomes available. And we can't, you know, we can't make everything happen. And Rome wasn't built in a day. So please submit your requests. And then even if we can't fulfill the request, we I get back to the person and explain why. Um, or that it's on, you know, like a longer, a longer part of our journey and it, and we would like to get there, but we can't get there right now. So that's I would say that's been a just a work in progress since we released the dashboard about like what's the best way to collect feedback to get the requests in writing and then follow up with them on a timely way. That's helpful. I think it's probably a problem that will never cease to exist because there's always something else we can add. Well, fantastic. I'm so glad that you all could join us today. Rosh did have to um, head over to another meeting, but we have really enjoyed talking with you guys. We always do. Um, is there any parting words or wisdom lessons learned that um, any of you would like to share with our listeners, things they might want to keep in mind if they're new to this um, EdFi implementation journey? Definitely think start with a well-defined scoped down goal in mind. Get a technical project manager and don't let your teams bang their heads on the wall for too long before asking for help. I think sometimes there's so many resources and so many people out there to help in this journey that you just need to stop, say, I need help and go ahead and, and get that support. And so you can keep on rolling. And then also have a somebody who understands the assessment side, like Jana on our team. We couldn't do this without her. Some, she, she understands the actual impact that this data has on the teachers um, and is, is wonderful in many ways. But having her vision and her lens is always always helpful to us. Things I would add is lean on the community. There's a lot of things out there that are already recreate that are already created where you don't have to recreate it. So for example, for assessments, bringing them in with the data import tool, there's a lot of templates out there already that we've just been able to, to pull and kind of plug in and test with our data. And like Joanna said, reach out with questions. There's probably somebody out there who can answer very quickly. Um, lots of great resources on the, the EdFi team. And then my other just point of feedback would be, think about how to explain this work in like business terms or in terms that non-technical people will understand in terms of the benefit, because that's, that's how to generate more buy-in and more discussion about it is just being able to create an executive summary and explain what this is and how it can help the district. Fantastic. Well, thank you all, Joanna, Kara, and Jana, so much for your time today. We are really excited to have you all as the first episode of season two of Database and wish you the best of luck on your next steps as, as they come up. Thank you. Thanks for having us.